They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast. I am your host, Michael Whitehouse, and today we have a very interesting guest. Dr. Kelly Renee uh, Schutz is no stranger to encountering paranormal, unexplained extraterrestrial phenomenon. Known as an experiencer, she has more than 100 paranormal and three to four perceived extraterrestrial encounters since the age of nine, situations that bring many questions. An open-minded, sensitive, intuitive empath, Dr. Schutz was thrust into paranormal discovery by her mid-30s, becoming a student of controversial and unexplained observations, and she has unlimited stories. Kelly feels the reason the unexplained is attracted to her is because of her high-frequency and ability to openly communicate. She also has clairaudient and telepathic powers. Dr. Schutz, a Minnesota native, hosts and produces a highly ranked show called Paranormal Encounters podcast series heard on various platforms. So, Dr. Schutz, am I pronouncing that right? Yes, that is correct, Michael. Okay, great. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, interested to learn more about your story and and all this because you are uh, you're a little different from our typical guests. So I think it'd be an interesting uh, interesting experience to learn more about your story and and what this is all about. So um, tell me, just give us a little bit about uh, you know go beyond the bio there and tell us a little about yourself. Well, uh, let's see. Right now, I am currently retired. And uh, before retirement, I was uh, a college professor. Also, I worked in the law field as a paralegal and uh, with doing some undercover work. And um, also, I am an artist and a photographer and also a cookbook author and an author of 10 paranormal books going on number 11. So Mm. that's just a little tiny bit of me. I'm, I've got a, I do a lot, Michael, in my life. And so um, that's just the start of it. But, but what I have done, and I didn't realize this at the time, is that a lot of the skills that I developed over my careers have really helped me in investigation work and also understanding uh, what I'm now into, which is the paranormal and also extraterrestrial visitations. Interesting. Okay. Uh, and so, so what led you to that? That that is not uh, that that is a unique field of endeavor. So, what led you there? Well, I kind of fell into it um, when I was age nine. I had, I was having experiences at the age of nine, but I didn't think that they were paranormal at first. Uh, Mm -hmm. Grandparents' house stayed over after school. Um, They were running errands most of the time. I started feeling a little bit uneasy in this house and just always having issues with high anxiety and stress and stomach aches and you name it. And, um, well, long story short, after being there numerous times, I started turning the television up. Um, 
I would turn the lights on, I would sing out loud. But what really was the kicker for me was when I was sleeping on the couch one day and I heard a bunch of chatter going on in the kitchen. And I thought, well, how do they get home without me knowing about it? Well, as I walked to the kitchen and stood in the doorway, it was absolutely dead silent. There was not a peep anywhere in that house. And I just had a feeling at that point that I wasn't in that house alone. And all that chattering sounded like a little gathering, you know, how people get all excited and they Mm -hmm. want to chatter. Well, um, that's exactly how it sounded at the point, though, when I entered or stood at that doorway. But I need to fast forward a little bit on this. When I was in my uh, 30s, I decided um, my grandparents had both passed and we were supposed to go look at some stuff in their house. And I decided I was going to face my fear. So I, in my 30s, went into that house alone. And if you can imagine, just for a moment, walking up a stairwell, and at the top, there's a draft curtain that goes across the doorway, like when you get to the very top. And if that's not creepy enough the way it is, you're already setting the scene for imaginary imaginary stuff. Well, I went into the pink room. I I survived going through the curtain. And uh, when I went into the pink room, I didn't smell anything in there at first. I smelled nothing. I went and I sat down. I was looking at a box. And then all of a sudden, something started smelling pretty bad, like um, kind of a really strong sulfuric, uh, deceased smell. And I thought, where is this coming from? I didn't smell it when it came in here. As I went over to the window, I was trying to look for like a dead mouse or something. I noticed that the curtain was singed at the bottom and it looked like a fire had started. Now, keep in mind, it was above a um, uh, an outlet. And, um, and of course, the, the house was hit by an electrical storm a couple days before. So mm-hmm. obviously, put two and two together, that makes sense. But it was as if something tried to put that fire out. Otherwise, that place would have just probably gone up, gone up in flames. Anyway, I felt disoriented. I felt dizzy. I had headaches. I did not feel well. I felt something was jabbing me in the stomach. And I just, I knew that I was being under attack by something. I took off running, ran down the stairs, more like leaped five at a time down the stairs and headed out that, went out the house and, and never returned. But I would say that if you combine those two, that was the start of my paranormal journey. But but that gives you kind of an idea as to sometimes when you think it's all in your imagination, it sometimes is not. So, hmm. okay. Uh, and and so so how did you how did you know that that was um, actually a paranormal event, not just uh, you know your your own anxiety at being back in that house? Well, I've asked myself that a number of times. Um, I think what confirmed this a little bit more for me and my family was when some of the items uh, of theirs were set out in the house and we had to go back in. We had to go back in, obviously, to look at all of their their things. And um, I don't know how to give you a real good descriptive of this, but what really validated that even more was I was looking on a table and keep in mind there was no 
vibrational issue going on, nothing going by, no one's stepping on the floor really hard and all that. And as creepy as this sounds, there was a jar with our baby teeth. Now, I know that sounds a little odd, but for some reason they kept them. And it was just sitting very, uh, with, with stabilization, by the way, it was, it was sitting there. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what it was, but it, it, the jar, it was a small jar just jumped, um, out in front of me and startled me. And at the point that that did that, a music box went off in the room next door. And I don't know, I mean, a person can say it's their imagination or maybe they're just highly anxious as a person, but when you start putting all kinds of things together, um, it just kind of adds up. Now, I need to also add one more thing, though. After that moment when I tore down the steps, I did ask my mother, I said, what is the history of this house? I said, there's something, it's either a bad gas leak in this house because I got really physically sick or something is obviously not right here. I did find in the paper that um, back in the 1800s, the previous owner, it was a woman, lived in that house and there was a fire in the kitchen. And apparently she perished in the house in that fire. Now, I don't know if that was the woman upstairs. I don't know if something else was up there, but I do know one thing that whatever it was did not want me there. And that was just inner tuition jumping in at that point. So. Okay. So that'll certainly get you started in that path. And then, and where did that lead you? Well, when I was age 14, I need to jump in on this too, on my uh, dad's side. He, his um, grandfather, my great grandfather built an extremely beautiful house out in the country and we rarely visited because of the distance. And so when I was on that property at the age of 14, I used to say, and I walk around, you know, as a farmland, farm, farmstead. And I said, geez, I really wish I could, this is a kind of a creepy property. And I thought, I wish I could see a ghost. I mean, everyone else is talking about how they've seen a ghost and this is the right property to have a ghost. And so I was kind of looking around thinking I was going to see something visual well, let's move that a little forward to 2007. I was in my younger 40s, and on and guess what? And the uh, a tornado had hit the property the day before, so you could feel the electricity in the air, and you could also sense something was just a little bit a little bit different. The one thing that I noticed being there was how dead silent it sounded, and it reminded me of being in my grandparents' house, my mother's grand, you know, parents' house. Well, anyway, I was meandering around the property. I was shooting photographs. And sure enough, in one of my photographs, in a screened window, not a plate, glass plate window, but a screened window, I captured something and, and realized this when I went to have my film developed. And um, film, film negatives do not lie. There is no way I could tamper with this negative. But anyway, I, thanks to technology, I was able to blow up the picture on my computer. And I saw in this window, very clear as, as night and day, a young girl staring at me, smiling. She's about age six. And a older man, 
He looked to be in his later, maybe 60s, early 70s. And he looked at me, looked kind of puzzled. And so um, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I actually saw a ghost or ghosts, two of them, on this property. So I went back to this house a few days later and I stood on the grass and stared at the window and I wanted them to show themselves again. And I was taking numerous pictures, but they just appeared at that time, of course. And I asked the question, you appeared to me, what, what did you need or what did you want or what message do you have for me? And this is when I started to realize that I was telepathic and um, which is the ability to hear messages from the unseen, by the way, and clairaudient, which is what happened to me in my grand, my mother's parents' house. And um, the message that was given to me was check the genealogy. And I, I just kind of stood there and I thought, check the genealogy. Okay. Now I am the genealogist in the family. And so I did. And what I discovered was under the young gal's um, image, which I matched up to an image I had, um, I had mislabeled her name and spot on correct. And I thought I never would have thought of that on my own, but that was the message that I could hear that was being given to me. So that is what exploded at that point, my ability or my interest in going and to other haunted locations to try to see if something in these locations could speak to me, talk to me, show me. And I've had um, from that point till now about a hundred different experiences. So, so you would actually seek out haunted locations to have experiences like that? Yep. And they would now, now, after my most devastating and traumatic one, though, which happened just a couple of years ago, I swore off ghosts for a while and I said, I'm never going to seek you out again. They come to me and I don't even have to seek them out anymore. I just know when I go into a haunted building, I just know that if it is haunted or something's lurking about, I know it's going to come to me. There's going to be something that indicates something to me that we're not alone. And so it's a combination of both now, but I have had traumatic experiences and um, it's not something you take lightly as an investigator. It's something you really have to um, be on your game about. Okay. Now, do you, you want to share a bit about what those traumatic experiences were? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, so my husband and I do a lot of traveling we went over to England. Actually, I think we were in Wales at the time. And the, um, the bed and breakfast that was 900 years old in, um, in this town, I cannot recall the town's name, but it was the Prince Rupert Hotel. And this, this is a, a haunted hotel, which knowingly has over 12 different aged apparitions floating around there at all times. Well, to make a long story short, I wanted to stay in the most haunted room because I wanted to write a chapter, which, by the way, I have um, lots of pictures, too, on my experience in this hotel. And they refused to let me stay in the most haunted room. And I said, why not? Because they're, the people that go in there, they said, 
get in there and they stay in there about 20 minutes and then they either want a refund or they're sleeping on the couch downstairs all night. And so we've decided to um, that the only people that they would allow to go in the most haunted room were those who were most skeptical, um, big skeptics of the paranormal because they figured they wouldn't um, be looking for anything in there. So they stuck me in the second most haunted room. Um, the I think it was called the Prince Rupert room. And there was a, a long um, Victorian floor length mirror. When we entered the room, by the way, we had to ask permission to come into the room. It's not like you could just go into your room. And on our way there, I walked through what was we call like an electrical um, cobweb, which was just absolutely amazing. And as that happened, I did see out of the corner of my eye, um, the maid who I do have a picture of her in the book, by the way, half her face as she was rushing around a corner. But putting that aside for now, we go and we enter into this room. It felt dreadful. It felt sick. I thought to myself, what am I doing? I must be crazy wanting to come into the second most haunted room. Anyway, fast forward, we were, um, down at dinner, they came to ask us for our key. The ghost in that room would not let the maintenance guy into the room because the there was a light bulb that was out in one of the lamps, and I wanted to keep the lights on all night and um, wouldn't let them in there, so they needed our key. My husband said, oh, this is probably just some kind of a, you know, hype, hype to get you all nervous about about that room. I said, no, I don't think so. And so when we went back in there, um, I did everything to be as polite as possible. I offered my bottle of champagne we had. I offered chocolates to this thing. But what happened was just before bed, my husband threw the holy water. And as he threw the holy water, the mirror that was directly in front of me, which had enough room, by the way, behind it, went kind of like with its shoulders, nah, 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 and then it started cycling around. Now, the thing is, is people would say, oh, that's probably just some kind of a carnival trick to, to, to scare you. Nope, no carnival trick. It actually was swiveling around. My husband froze in place momentarily. I went into an extreme panic attack. I could hardly believe what I saw. I put on this... Um, I, I was so freaked out. I asked him if he saw it and he said, I didn't see it because he had a time lapse there, but he did see the positioning of the mirror that it was in a different um, placement. And this mirror, by the way, not to scare any of your listeners here, but um, anything that's apparitional, they, or per, perhaps a light being or anon anomalies that fly through your home, which you aren't aware of, they love to go in and out of mirrors. And so anyway, um, I laid there all night in bed, freaked out, panic attack, had a mask over my face, was begging for my life. Please don't hurt me. The thing was hovered over me. It was a cold mass. The wardrobe was open in the morning and I couldn't get out of that room fast enough. Oh, and by the way, as a nice little good night cap, its handprints were all over the pillows. Now, Someone would say, well, the maintenance guy was in there, right? He probably accidentally put his hands on those pillows. I addressed that to the manager, and she assured me there is no way that his handprints were on that pillow. This thing sat on my legs, and so I might have been in, 
in its spot for where it wanted to lie down. But um, bottom line is the next morning, the manager brought me back up there, which of course I didn't want to go back up there. She had a discussion with me about the mirror. Apparently when the maid goes in there and starts vacuuming the floor, every time she bends over by that mirror, it lifts the bottom of its mirror up and it likes to hit her in the butt. So, you know, she was asking me what to do about it. I said, position the mirror against the wall where it can't move, tie the thing together so it can't get out of it, whatever you can do, or just remove the mirror entirely. So anyway, that was traumatic. I swore off ghosts after that. I said, I will never do this again, but boy, I got a good chapter in my book. Wow. That is, that's quite a story. Um, and, and so, so you mentioned we were talking before, um, a bit in addition to the these these paranormal uh, spiritual encounters, um, some perceived extraterrestrial encounters. Yeah. So the question that we need to ask now really is how can you tell if it's paranormal and how can you tell if it's extraterrestrial? And just a very short story on how I've had what I believe are three encounters now with something extraterrestrial, but I'll give you the most um the one that's in my book and that you can actually see, see, and the other ones I have to tell about. But um, there was one night when I was at home here and my husband and I were going to bed and I just had smelled this kind of this really strong smell that came over me. And I thought, what on earth? And I thought it was my husband's shampoo. And I thought, I'm going to have to say something to him tomorrow because that stuff is just gagging. Okay. So the next morning, I I put the my covers over my nose, by the way, it was so bad. I didn't think it was anything paranormal at the time. I really wasn't thinking, I don't really look for this stuff and I really don't um, focus on it. Like most people think I might, no, I don't. It's just when it happens, I talk about it. Anyway, the next morning I went into the restroom, the bathroom, and as I was looking in the mirror, there was a, a red, a blood red handprint that was on the front side of my chest. And I have pictures of this in the book, by the way. And this, this handprint was, um, the fingers were elongated. It had a crooked finger and, um, it stayed on my body for over, um, three hours before it finally just disappeared. And there's nobody that could give me an explanation to this. I looked up some research on it and there's like 900 to a thousand people, including babies, that find handprints on their face, their back, their thighs, their bodies, their hips, everywhere on their body, but no one can some they can't figure out where this stuff is coming from or what has happened here. Um, for me, that felt a little bit extraterrestrial because the handprint, by the way, that matches what was on my body was also on my dusty dresser and including the crooked finger. So I really should name that that chapter crooked finger. But anyway, there are things out there that we just don't know and we can't put our finger on, even if it's crooked. But the bottom line is this. Um, how do you know if it's paranormal and how do you know if it's extraterrestrial? So I'm in search of that question as we speak. Okay. And, and have you, do you have any uh, speculations on on that no. question? No. No. In fact, at the UFO conference that um, I'm a, 
I am a featured speaker that was to be in Las Vegas in March at a UFO mega conference. They had to, they had to postpone it till 2023 due to mask mandates. So they're at this conference. There are scientists, researchers, experiencers, people that actually connect with supposedly these ETs from wherever. And I wanted to pose that question to someone there that might have been more involved in this phenomena than myself. I'm an experiencer. I wouldn't call myself a scientist or a researcher, but at this conference, I hope it goes in 2023, I will be a featured workshop speaker there talking about my experiences. Um, I do want to ask somebody there what their uh, theories are, their ideas are about all this. Okay. Uh, and and so so what makes you think that some of these phenomena might have been extraterrestrial? Well, I will give you and I'll give you another little tiny bit of a story here. Um, so the very first one that I had was in a Las Vegas room um, on the 60th floor of a very fancy hotel. I was there by myself. I usually write my books in Las Vegas. For some reason, I just connect really well there and doing this stuff. And um, one night, I thought I had something paranormal in my room. I'm used to this. So lights were flickering, tapping behind my head, which, by the way, behind my head was my bathroom. Um, and I just said, please leave me alone. I just need to go to sleep tonight. And I tried to fall asleep. Long story short, in the morning, I felt really different. I felt really strange. I felt odd. I felt cleansed. I felt like I was re really refreshed. I never wake up feeling the way I felt in that room. Anyway, fast forward. I talked with a UFO experiencer, someone who's very much into this stuff, who's also psychic. And she looked at me during our discussion and she said to me, um, have you... Um, something happened to you a few years ago. And of course, keep in mind at the time, I wasn't thinking about this situation. Something was checking your blood, um, checking your blood. And I said, well, that's really odd that you say that to me. I said, actually, I had an experience and I did feel very different the next morning when I woke up. But a, a month after that discussion or after that incident, I should say in the hotel room, um, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so there are extraterrestrial beings out there. There's about 57 to 100 different kinds, from, according to some of the experts that I've talked with, uh, of different types of extraterrestrial beings, forces. They're not all little gray grays, and they're not all little green men, and they're not all this and that. There's various types of these things. And I also had, by the way, to throw this nugget into it, I did go to another conference in Las Vegas a few years ago. There was an expert up there who talked a lot about um, ufology or UFO you know, and contacts. And I stood up and I said, here are the things that are happening to me. I said, is this paranormal or is this something else? And he looked right at me and he said, Kelly, how do you not know that you were abducted a long time ago? They erased your memory. And you, what you're describing is exactly who I talk with on a daily basis about people who have been actually abducted by these uh, extraterrestrial forces. And I will be quite honest with you. I didn't believe in aliens up until that, that comment 
but he had me so dumbfounded that I just stood there in absolute disbelief just because of, I, I have many, many experiences, but um, from what I was describing to him, he was pretty certain I have been abducted at some point and um, just my memory erased about it because I have abilities that are a little bit un, uncommon to most people and it sounds like something he's familiar with. So I did go get a past life regression though done on me. If you wanted, some people are brought back to their experiences. This one was inconclusive. They couldn't, um, he couldn't bring me back um, to, to that point. So it's inconclusive. And, um, I don't know, I guess right now I'm always on the fence about it, but I have things that are happening that I just can't seem to explain. So. Right. So, so, so is there a certain point when you, when those abilities began that you would pinpoint as when that, uh, abduction would have occurred? Um, I can't pinpoint when the abduction occurred because I may have, had these things going on and passing them off as coincidence for a very long time. But mm -hmm. things started to strengthen in me um, when I went into uh, Zach Bagan's haunted museum in Las Vegas and had an experience in there. But I believe that was more paranormal than extraterrestrial. But at that point, I'll give you an example of things that were happening that this expert was um, kind of going, huh, interesting. I could uh, approach many elevator doors, for an example, and um, they would just naturally open for me. Now, some people would say, oh, someone pressed the button, it was coming down, or some, you know, some this and that, or it was meant to come down and open up. No, this is a little bit more odd than that, um, and very coincidental. And usually I'd say to people when I'm walking to an elevator, nah, don't bother touching anything. It'll open up. And it, there was just something inside of me that has an effect on doors opening with elevators. And there's just all kinds of things. But going back to Zach Bagan's um, haunted museum for a moment, when I left his museum and I had, I had been under attack in there, um, went into a trance for about five minutes, shut production down, scared everybody. Uh, when I left there, though, I started winning numerous jackpots. And um, up until this past December, I had won 13 in the last um, three to four years. Well, this past December, when I was in Vegas, I won three, or could have been four, but um, three more. So now I'm at 16 jackpots now in the last four years, which the IRS loves me, by the way. But um, I'm telling you, there is something that ignited inside of me that I can't explain. So where whether this is, this is because of an abduction situation that triggered something in me, whether there is just something inside of me that became awakened, I, do, I cannot tell you. All I know is that this stuff is still happening. That's all I know. Wow, that that is quite a story, um, and definitely, definitely a lot of a lot of mysteries there. Yep. So if you ever um, want to come to Las Vegas with me and win some money, feel free. <laughs> <laughs> that does sound like fun. Yeah. Um, so so people want to learn more about you. Where where would they go to do that? Uh, sure. So go to my website. Um, I have 10 books on there. Currently writing number 11. That one's not going to be done for a good year. But um, 
www.paranormaluniversalpress.com. And on there, you're going to see a couple things. My book covers that I have on Amazon. And then in the upper right-hand corner, you will see a tab called Podomatic. Click on that, and that'll bring you right into my podcast site. And um, you can listen to interviews of guests that I've had. You'll listen to me blab or whatever. Um, But I've got all kinds of stuff. I'm getting close to 100 now. So um, we're, we're around in the corner. And if you want to go to my Facebook page and, and subscribe that way or just follow, it's um, just search under the uh, Dr. Kelly Schutz, D-R-K-E-L-L-Y-S-C-H-U-T-Z, or go and type in Paranormal Encounters Podcast Series, and that'll bring you to my Facebook page. Nice. All right. Uh, and and so this has been been great learning about all this for you. Is there anything that I I haven't answered or haven't asked that you would like to uh, bring up before we run out of time? No, I guess the 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 question that always remains on believers' minds is what exactly are we encountering out here? On a skeptic's mind, it's always going to be that's can be passed off as something else. Um, and I guess just to, to leave your, your uh, listeners with just a thought, is it truly paranormal or is it extraterrestrial? And that is the question that we're all trying to run after as we speak today. So thanks, Michael. All right. Thank you. This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people, in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv-connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.